Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. With Ukraine in the hearts and minds of Europeans this week, this special panorama centres on the EU's efforts to welcome refugees. With several of our member stations on the front line of the migrant wave, we take a look at different countries' approaches to the crisis. According to the UN, more than 2.3 million people have now fled Ukraine since the war began on the 24th of February. However, there are many more still trying to find a way out, as is evident from the many eyewitness accounts circulating on social and traditional media. One such account was shared with BNR by Svetlana, a Ukrainian living in Bulgaria. She is concerned about the fate of her family, who she has not heard from in days, and that of a close friend who remains trapped in Irpin after Russian troops violated the ceasefire agreement. My best friend told me that they did not get a chance to evacuate from Irpin. Virtually the entire city has been destroyed. She tried to access the corridor from Irpin, but as the first people started to leave, a family was shot. There was deep panic, with people running back. So there are no such green corridors. People were unable to evacuate, and those that survived are now sitting in bomb shelters. At the European Parliament's plenary this week, MEPs praised the exceptional solidarity shown towards refugees across the bloc. Border countries are bearing the brunt of the mass exodus. Indeed, as Polsky Radio notes with 1.4 million people and counting having crossed the Polish border. This is the largest wave of refugees the country has faced since World War II. But nobody would be turned back, regardless of their nationality, insists Zbigniew Rao, the country's foreign minister, following a meeting with the head of the UN World Food Programme. Rao added that the entire country has come out to help. Local authorities, public organizations, companies, and above all, ordinary people. They are providing shelter and food, which is exactly what the refugees need. I don't think any country in the world could cope with so many refugees arriving in such a short space of time. At the same time, to help refugees, Poland needs the support of international national humanitarian organizations. With many refugees moving on almost immediately from Poland to countries where they have connections, there is a certain natural distribution taking place, with the whole of the bloc involved in some way or other. Italy has already received at least 20,000 refugees since the Russian invasion. In a press conference on Monday the 7th of March, the country's Prime Minister underlined that solidarity and hospitality are the cornerstones of the bloc. Radio 24 reports. Italy fully supports the European Union in facing this migration issue. This is the time for solidarity and hospitality, founding principles for the EU that Italy has been applying for years. Ukraine's Consul General in Milan, Andriy Kartish, confirmed that there was a real sense of solidarity among Italian citizens, but he was keen to stress that actions speak louder than words. Families are showing a great deal of solidarity welcoming our citizens. Right now, we need real help. 
flash mobs, meetings and demonstrations are fine. What we need now is humanitarian help, plus weapons, ammunition and drugs. Athens stands behind the EU's offer of solidarity to Ukrainian citizens, confirms Sky. The Greek migration minister, Notis Mitarashi, has highlighted the active role his government will play in bringing refugees to Greece. The EU has decided, as has Greece, to support those coming from Ukraine. Poland also asked us for help yesterday, and we will send aircraft or buses to bring people from Poland to Greece. Estonia was already home to some 30,000 Ukrainians before the war started, with even more of its population having Ukrainian roots. So how many war refugees could the country be looking at taking in now? Social Security Minister Signe Rizalo spoke to Kuku Radio. Last week, the Estonian government, like Latvia, said that Estonian society could cope with some 10,000 war refugees without major worries. To date, we have welcomed 1,005 people into our accommodation centres, and we are ready to receive many, many more. And what is particularly gratifying is that all the Ukrainians I have spoken to want firstly to work, and secondly, to return to their home country as soon as possible. Germany, for its part, is experiencing massive inflows, registering more than 80,000 war refugees so far, says AMS. The Federal Interior Minister, Nancy Faeser, has confirmed that the principle of solidarity is working well on a national level when it comes to dispersing these people around Germany. At the moment, we still have capacity. Of course, we are prepared to increase this capacity if necessary. The system is working very well, based on a lot of solidarity, so we have not had to set up a rigid distribution key. Last week, Slovenia's interior minister, Alice Hoyce, stated that Slovenia would be able to accommodate several hundred thousand Ukrainian refugees based on experience from the early 1990s when Slovenia hosted more than 300,000 refugees from the former Yugoslavia. At the moment, at least according to our information, or so we've been saying over the last few days, Slovenia is ready to accommodate. It is possible to accommodate between 180 and 200,000 refugees. Of course, While the most pressing question right now is where the war refugees can go for the time being, there is another question underlying this, namely, what happens then? This question was articulated by the Greek migration minister in an interview with Sky. What we and the whole EU predict is that for the first few weeks, the Ukrainian refugees will stay with their compatriots, with relatives, with people from their villages. As the situation in Ukraine clears up a bit, the big question is whether the women and children who came to the EU will choose to return to their homeland, or if the men who have stayed there, of course nobody knows what will happen on the ground, will come to Europe when hostilities come to an end. But most people acknowledge that this is one for another day. A more immediate question was answered last week when EU Home Affairs Ministers agreed to activate the 2001 Temporary Protection Directive for the very first time. 
This directive eases the pressure on national asylum systems and allows refugees to benefit from harmonised rights across the EU, including residence and access to the labour market, housing, medical assistance and education. Following this move, Madrid streamlined the system by which Ukrainian refugees without economic resources can access Spain's state reception system, says Esferadio. The country's Prime Minister also expressed solidarity with the people of Ukraine. I would like to express, on behalf of the Spanish people, our deepest solidarity with the victims of the unjust and criminal war that is unfolding in Ukraine today. I want to express our support for them and our desire for a speedy return to peace, because killing is simply killing, causing pointless pain and nothing more. As reported by Latvia's radio, Latvia's interior minister, Maria Gulubeva, supports the activation of the temporary protection directive, despite the fact that similar support measures are already provided for in Latvian law. Latvia supports this mechanism, although we have already passed our own law in the SEMA to support Ukrainian civilians. This already regulates the possibility for Ukrainian residents to stay in Latvia and apply for a special visa, which will allow them to work and receive a range of other services and support. But we do not oppose the activation of the directive either, because other countries do not have such special laws and they must have a framework. It is very important that we as the European Union take a collective decision to support the civilian population of Ukraine, who can clearly no longer stay in their cities after the many terrible events of the Russian invasion. Bulgarian people and businesses are showing great solidarity towards Ukraine's refugees, with many hotels opening their doors to people fleeing the war. Sofia has promised these businesses financial support, as BNR reports. This begs another question, though. How are governments on the migration front line to fund the vital support that they are providing? The European People's Party is calling for unused cohesion funding to be used to help countries that are sheltering refugees from Ukraine. MEP Andrei Novakov spoke to BNR after the plenary session in Strasbourg earlier this week. There are well over a million refugees from Ukraine in Poland, Hungary, Slovakia, Romania and Bulgaria. We have money lying dormant in the cohesion policy, money that we are not currently using. I call on the European Commission to take urgent action to set up an instrument to support any country that accepts Ukrainian refugees. We are all in this together, and we agreed that we cannot simply stand by and watch as a few countries bear the brunt for the EU as a whole. With the European Commission suspending cooperation with Russia and Belarus under the European Neighbourhood Instrument and other cross-border cooperation programmes, as AMS reports, hundreds of millions of euros promised to Russia and Belarus for regional development have stopped flowing. Could this money be part of the solution, perhaps? And in an attempt to find a silver lining in amongst all of this suffering, we turn to Etvidas Bingelis, head of the Vilnius office of the International Organization for Migration. Bingelis believes that the current migrant wave might help Europeans to better understand the plight of migrants coming to Europe from further afield, as he told Genu Radias on Wednesday. 
kiekvienas dalykas, kuris ir daug kaip čia arčiau mūsų, arčiau mūsų sienų, arčiau mūsų Anything that is much closer to our borders gives us a better understanding of the situation. This is also helped by the uniting initiatives put in place by the people in all countries where Ukrainians find themselves. It goes without saying that these enrich our understanding immensely. What we experienced during the migration crisis in 2015 and what we are experiencing following this aggression is likely to strengthen the European Union, improving its migration mechanisms, coordination and other migration processes. Make sure you come back next week for another look around the Euronet Plus network.